All right, you good? I'm good. From KYW News Radio in Philadelphia, this is Scroll Down. I'm Tom Rickert, and today on the podcast, Mike DiNardo is back from touring a steel and conveyor belt filled operation with an important message. Tom, you're recycling wrong. I'd say the biggest misconception is that anything that is recyclable can be put into their recycling bin. In the last year, the business kind of has been turned on its head. Relative to the last 10 years, that value is no longer strong enough to cover the cost of the entire process. What they don't realize is they put a lot of food waste and bags in there, put in a pizza box in there. You know, pizza, cheese touches the box, it's, that's trash. I think I usually default to recycling over throwing something out. I'm totally wrong there. I hate to break it to you, Tom, but yes, you are totally wrong. When in doubt, throw it out is what we say. So, First, knowing Mike, he'd probably like me to announce that I made him say, Tom, you're recycling wrong. And had he written the introduction to this podcast, he probably would have said instead, Tom, you're recycling incorrectly. But really, that just goes to demonstrate why he's the consummately professional, award-winning reporter, and I make podcasts. Mike, you do a lot of things at the station, one being you're the education reporter at KYW. And today, you're not reporting on schools, but true to form, you're still here to educate, in this case, me, in this case, about recycling. Isn't that what every story does, though, Tom? That's what we do. We, We educate people. In this case... I'll tell you, we went to the Republic Services Recycling Station down on Ellsworth Street in Grays Ferry, and that's where they process recycling from all over uh, the area. But we wanted to find out just why the recycling business has been turned on its head in recent years and what you and I and everyone who puts recycling in a bin can do to try to help the economics of where we live. Take us on a tour. What... What did you see and, and who showed you around the place? We went around the uh, the building. It's a, a sprawling building with conveyor belts uh, all over the place. It goes over here. It, gets, it goes under in between these tines here. It goes down. goes through here. We have two sorters that pick out whatever makes it through. That goes over there, that's, that's our pre-sort line. That's our first line of defense right there. So if something big and crazy comes in, they most likely will grab it. They're pretty very good at their jobs. And- they grab it out. They, we have a metal chute. We have a trash chute. So whatever goes underneath is plastics, paper, and everything, and that goes up to where we just were, up and through the screens and up to manual sorting. Uh, we, we went with Tim Spross. He's yes. a uh, shift leader there. Shift lead, yes. And Frank Chimera, who is the area senior manager of municipal sales for Republic Services. We saw conveyor belts filled with with paper. This is our single stream side. Our other side is our commingled side, which is mainly plastic. They're picking out bags. Anything that's not paper and cardboard goes down the other chute, which again gets bowed up when we are bowing cardboard. Aluminum cans, beer cans with the bottles, anything that you would throw into your recycle bin, things that you should and things that you shouldn't. We saw it moving along this sprawling, intertwining uh, conveyor belt. Uh, ultimately, at, at the end of the process, they wind up packed into big bales of paper and plastic. Essentially, it is a, a fascinating operation where uh, everything you throw into your recycle bin winds up at this facility. 
How many people were, were working at this one this one place? I would say a few dozen. Each line had uh, uh, six or seven different people on it, and th- that's the fascinating part about this is that I think Tim, what many people may not realize is when they throw something into their recycle bin, that it comes here where human beings have to sort it out. Yes, yes, people do not realize that, and then. You know, it goes through a lot of stuff. If it sits outside, it tends to, you know, decompose. And then if it comes through here, the smell and everything else. You may not realize that when you throw those cans into the the blue bin and you put it out in the street, that it's going to wind up on a conveyor belt and human beings actually have to take the bottles and and the cans out of the, the paper streams and throw them into different chutes that will separate them into other conveyor belts that will be process later on. There is some automation involved here, but I was fascinated to find out that it's not a completely automated process. People actually wind up sorting a lot of the stuff that you throw in the recycle bin. Yeah, so that's the first thing that I had no idea about beforehand, before you came back and started telling me all the things I didn't know about recycling. And we'll, we'll, there are many of them. We'll get to most, if not all of them. <laughs> Another big thing that I guess theoretically, I I think I knew beforehand, but never really thought much about it, is that recycling works because it's a business. And it only works if the recycling company can can make money off of the stuff that you and I toss in the recycling can. How how does that business work? What what is that process? It's getting a lot harder to make money in the recycling business because in the last year, the business kind of has been turned on its head. Um, Essentially, you have these recycling companies that take various materials and sell them to various companies that buy those materials to uh, reuse them in in their products. In many cases, those uh, materials went to China. One reason was that it was relatively cheap to transport the stuff from China because you had China manufacturers. They would ship their goods to us, and then those empty shipping containers would be filled with recyclables to be taken back to China. And it was relatively inexpensive for uh, American recycling firms to send stuff to China. Yeah, and the economics and recycling are changing right now. And everybody is getting used to this new normal. And everybody's being faced with decisions um, that they weren't faced with before. Uh, Us included, as well as municipalities and businesses and every company that's in the recycling business. In recent months, though, China has tightened up on what materials it will accept. They don't want to accept recyclables that are contaminated with uh, with food, with, with moisture. What people do in recycling, what they don't realize is they put a lot of food waste and bags in there, and they don't realize that. So some people will think putting a pizza box in there, you know, pizza, cheese touches the box, It's that's trash. That's considered residue. People don't understand that. And then you know, sauce cans and things, they don't rinse them out before they put them in there. That comes in, that touches a piece of paper, it becomes contaminated. Basically stopped accepting uh, recyclables that weren't pure, uh, meaning that they didn't have a whole lot of contaminants in them, meaning uh, oils or food wastes or other things in the mixture. So once they did that... Yeah, it, it sounds like things really can't continue the way they were before because you're not going to have a China or some other nation that would accept the contaminated content to the extent that they did before. We really are looking at a new normal, right? Absolutely. It is a new normal. We've got to do our best to provide the cleanest and best quality recyclable material that we can. 
into the recycling facility so that we can turn around and create the best, highest quality product uh, to sell to the buyers. It has become more expensive for recycling firms to resell those materials. Their prices have gone up. So we're uh, several years ago, uh, municipalities were paid money to accept recycling. Now they are paying money and in many cases more money. In, in Philadelphia, uh, for example, uh, Republic Services did have the contract for a while, did have the recycling contract. Last year, Philadelphia paid $40 a ton, but that contract ran out in September and uh, Re- Republic wanted to charge $170 a ton uh, and the city did not renew that contract because of the price. So you can, you can see how the, the pendulum is swinging and it's becoming more and more expensive. That's the business environment that we are in. Uh, and that's the reason why recyclers really want residents, when they put their recycling out on the curb, for it to be the right stuff, to be dry, to be sorted, uh, and not to be contaminated with food. Okay, they want it to be the right stuff. I have a lot of questions. True or false? If my recyclable thing has that triangular stamp on it, mm-hmm. It can be recycled. Yes, but not necessarily at curbside. That is the biggest misconception that people have about recycling, that if it has the symbol on it, it must be recyclable. Therefore, I can throw it into my bin. Here we can sort out only a certain number of materials, and there's really only about seven to nine items that are recyclable at a facility like this, and these systems were built to handle So while there are other materials that are recyclable, they just may not be recyclable in your residential curbside program. And and actually, uh, the numbers um, mean a lot. You know, it it has to do with the chemical composition of the plastic that you're looking at. Uh, There is a market for some of those numbers, but not for others. Some don't collect number three or number six. Why is that? What's the, 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 the chemical reason, if you will, why some materials are recyclable and some aren't? Well... It has to do with consumption and demand, and there's a lot more value because there's a lot more consumption in plastics numbers one, two, and five. So three, four, six, and seven, while they're all recyclable, there's not as much value in those materials because there's not as much demand from a consumer packaging standpoint. We mostly see ones and twos, which are your beverage containers, your your narrow-necked beverage containers like you'd see in soda or water bottles or sports drink bottle. So it's more of an economic reason rather than a chemical reason. Correct. In many cases, if there's not a buyer for those particular recyclables, they're going to wind up in a landfill. Essentially, your plastic products are lying to you. Uh, occasionally, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. They, they, they are recyclable, but not everything can be recycled at curbside, we should say. The recycle station is designed only to sort out maybe seven or eight different kinds of products. Number one, plastic. Number two, plastic. uh, Paper, cardboard, aluminum, that sort of thing. And it's sorted into the different commodity types, and you see them placed in the different bunkers. You have bunkers for paper, we have bunkers for cardboard, bunkers for aluminum, bunkers for plastics, and then they go into the baler, one commodity type at a time, and are then baled uh, along with the other similar commodities. It's not meant to separate out every different kind of plastic that conceivably can be recycled. I'll give you an example. Many plastic bags that you get at the, the supermarket are number two recyclable. They, you see the little 
symbol on there with a number two. But if you throw them into your recycle bin, uh, it will jam up the machines at the transfer station because in addition to the human beings, there are machine screens. It, it looks like a, a big screw that rotates that, that turns the products through as it goes down the assembly line. See, this is where plastic bags become a big challenge for us. You see a lot of plastic bags wrapped up in the rotating screens there. And once you get enough of them in there, you have to shut the line down and you have to go in and cut them out, which causes us a lot of downtime, which that's expensive. They have guys who are named uh, cutters and they go in and they cut plastic bags out of the machinery because it gets clogged up in there. How often do you have to do that? It looks like there are quite a few in there right now. At a minimum, you do it at the end of every shift. It depends on the volume of plastic bags that you have coming in. Uh, During this time of year where we see volume spike, that's when you get more plastic bags coming through the stream, and you might have to do it more than once a shift. A lot of those plastic bags have uh, the recycle symbol and the number two on it, and people might think that those are recyclable, but Really, they do more harm than good here at, at the uh, at the transfer station. Correct. Yeah, at the recycle center, they present a pretty big problem for the machinery, and they are recyclable. It's a matter of putting them in the appropriate place. So we always recommend the best place to bring your plastic bags is to a grocery store uh, or to a big box retail- retailer. They tend to have those those bins out front when you walk in for plastic bags. They can take it to a facility that exclusively can deal with those plastic bags. They have machinery or a process that will deal with them. You just you should not throw them into your curbside recycling because that's going to do more harm than good. I'm curious, the line is shut down. Is that just, just routine? Uh... We have a problem. There's a jam in the screen to the right here. So it's either material buildup or something got caught up and shut the uh, screen down. So we have this, again, we're shut down, so it's downtime. We're not processing the material. And now we have to shut everything down. We have to get people in there to dig out whatever the problem is it happens a few times a day sometimes a lot more than we would like we don't want anything we don't want to shut down for anything but you know we average here probably about five or six times a day how much of what we recycle ends up going right into the trash can at this facility about 40 percent of what goes into the recycling center will ultimately wind up in a landfill because it is just not clean. Materials that are not recyclable, so things that are trash that get put into a recycling bin, or items that are contaminated with food waste or with moisture. Paper that could be wet. You have contamination in food containers. You have a, a peanut butter jar that's not completely cleaned out. We can't sell something to a buyer that's overly contaminated. So if they're finding out when it's received, then it's too late. And that shipment will be returned to us, which is a lot of extra cost, especially if it's not returned to us until it has reached an international port and then gets turned around and sent back. It winds up coming back to the recycler and and only makes the cost go up more. So it's really important to make sure that your recyclable materials are empty, clean, and dry before you put them into the recycling bin. All right, let's do a lightning round of things we can and can't recycle. Okay. Styrofoam. No. No. Throw it out. When in doubt, throw it out. Brown or white glass. Completely recyclable, yes. Paper. Yes, completely, yes. Little pieces of paper, like uh, like you bought a new shirt and it has the tag. Uh, maddeningly, yes. They, they, you can put them in there and they will wind up in the, the general paper stream. And sure, you can recycle small pieces of paper. Cardboard boxes. Yes, of course. 
the tape that comes on the cardboard box? In a perfect world, no. Um, but I, I believe a lot of the material that I saw at the transfer station had cardboard boxes that were pressed. They did have some tape on them. So I'm taking my reporter hat off, and I'm merely assuming that in post-processing, the pulp is separated from impurities and tape on the box is okay and that you should still try to recycle the cardboard box. No one was throwing out cardboard with tape on it. Right. That's not a perfect world. I got a salad from across the street. It came in one of those plastic takeaway containers. Is that container recyclable? Possibly. If it is a, a, a number one or number two, if it is clean, if you wash it out uh, and it's a recyclable product, then yes, it is recyclable. But if not, throw it out. There's always that little piece of gross lettuce that's been sitting in the dressing for too long. <laughs> what if I don't wash that out and just leave it in the little box and then throw it, and then put it in the recycling container? Small amount. We're not talking perfection here. Small amounts of impurities are acceptable in municipal recycling. Uh, again, I think that they, they talk about 5% uh, impurities. But uh, So I think the little piece of lettuce is okay, but I wouldn't put a whole head. Take the cap off the soda bottle or leave it on. I talked with Frank Chimera about this. Um, didn't really get a firm answer. But he said you can leave it on or take it off. Actually, and personally, I think it's better to take the cap off because when the uh, recyclables are crushed and pressurized, then the bottle won't uh, will take up less space because it'll crush easier. So I would say if you have the inclination, take the cap off. Frank mentioned, and you've said a couple of times, when, when in, in doubt, doubt throw, throw it out, out is what we say. So go through the effort of cleaning it out and putting that into the recycle bin. If not, better off putting it into your trash bin. And that's the motto for recycling. I think I usually default to recycling over throwing something out. Like if it's plastic or glass adjacent or it's something that looks like it could get melted down into something else, I kind of say, hey, maybe this can get turned into something. I'm totally wrong there. I hate to break it to you, Tom, but yes, you are totally wrong because you have to think of think of the uh, of the economics here. Uh, there needs to be a market, and there may be a market. I'll use the number two bags for example. There's certainly a market for for them to be recycled, but that market is not served inside your municipal curbside pickup. All this time that I have been recycling and perhaps not thoroughly cleaning out all these containers, it's possible that they have gone right to the landfill. It's not only possible, it's, it's probable, especially if, if they're not cleaned out. And if it's not clean, it's going to a landfill. Correct. That, so. that human being on the conveyor belt is just going to kick it aside, kick it into the, uh, into the trash bin, and that's where it's going to go. Wow. Well, I'm definitely going to clean this stuff out. After this, but I real I honestly always thought that was more of a suggestion, more more like guidelines <laughs> from Pirates of the Caribbean, more like actual guidelines. <laughs> well, because of the economics here, recyclers, I think you're going to see a stepped up education campaign by them because it really it's it's in their best interests to make sure they get clean, dry, uh, and proper recyclables in their curbside collections. So they want to get the word out. So I think you're going to be hearing a lot more about this. Recycling is getting harder. It's getting harder for the, the companies that need to make a profit to keep doing this. And apparently there are several consumers out there who 
did not know <laughs> basic rules of recycling <laughs> before today. <laughs> How can we, as just normal people who throw stuff in the trash can and throw stuff in the recycling can, do our parts to make this whole process work better? I would suggest uh, going to your municipal website, going, t- doing a search online. Many of the uh, recycling companies have their own education campaigns. And just learn what is recyclable and what isn't. Um, again, not while many things are recyclable, not all of them are designed to be recycled in a curbside pickup. Um, and ultimately, consumers, you, I, taxpayers, we're, we're going to pay for it one way or another, uh, especially if the fees that are charged by recycling companies keep going up and up because of the level of contamination in what they collect. So at this point... What is cheaper for a municipality to send a ton of recycling uh, or to send a ton of materials to a landfill? It all depends. There's a lot of variables to go in there uh, to say which one is more cost effective. In some cases, uh, it may be cheaper to dispose. In some places, it may be cheaper to uh, recycle. But at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that recycling is the right thing to do and Uh, We have to find a way to make that business model more sustainable and do our part to try and keep costs uh, as best we can in our control, uh, under control in recycling. The cleaner materials they collect, it's it's, it's a way of controlling costs for everybody. Well, Mike DiNardo, this has been thoroughly depressing and very informative. Where can people follow you online and see some photos from the recycling plant? We'll be posting uh, videos and pictures on KWNewsRadio.com. I'll probably, I'll no doubt be putting out some pictures uh, at underscore Mike DiNardo on Twitter. And you can see them there and you can be fascinated by the image of people who are sorting through the stuff that you threw away. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming back to the podcast, Mike. Anytime, Tom. And that's it for this week's show. Scroll Down is hosted and produced in the KYW News Radio studios in Philadelphia. You can follow us on Twitter at Scroll Down Pod. I'm at T-Rick, T-E-E-R-I-C-K. Please take a moment to help us out by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It helps us keep making the podcast and gets it to new listeners. I'm Tom Rickard. Thanks for listening to Scroll Down. I'll talk to you again next time. <laughs>